Now, as a as a as a as a student, as a student of the word, I want you to hear exposition over entertainment. Yeah. In the great apocalypse called the Revelation. John the Apostle was caught up on the Lord's Day, Sunday, in the spirit into heaven and John immediately, a man, heard a voice behind him like thunder. But as you matriculate into the fourth and fifth chapter, John said, I saw something that is inexplicable. An angel stood up in heaven and said, who is worthy to receive the book? And John said, he looked around and there was nobody on earth, nobody under the earth, nobody in heaven was worthy to receive the book. And John said, he started crying. And then John said, he looked up and the lamb, as if it had been slain, stood up and took the book. That lamb was Jesus. And he's worthy. And the Bible says that all heaven fell down and worshipped him as king of kings and lord of lords. We sit here on Sunday morning not even understanding the meaning of worship. People say, well, I got to come to church. I can read my Bible at home. That ain't worship. The Bible talks about corporate worship. Tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they may worship me in the wilderness. Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah. Forsake not the gathering of yourselves together because we're here to worship, to give God his worth. He's worthy to be free. And, and see the problem in the church and the problem in this culture, in this world, if you and I can ever just concentrate on who he is, the Lord is, then that same Lord who is will bring what you need and what you've been praying for. Can I get a witness? The Lord is my light. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my victory. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my hiding place. That's worship. Worship is ascribing to God that he's worthy. Praise his name. And that's why we're here this morning. We're here to ascribe to Jesus that you are worthy to be praised. Bless the Lord. And the Lord is good. Isn't he, isn't he good? Hallelujah. 
I want to first and foremost give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to all of you. Thank God for Sunday morning. Thank God for worship. Thank God for his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, and his grace. And learn not to come to church looking for something. Learn to come to church to give something. I want to give you praise for who you are. Can I get a witness? And then God will see to it that every need is met. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. This morning we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, young Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And beginning at verse 1, I, I, I want to I challenge your hearts around the subject, tough-mindedness. Tough-mindedness. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in your muscles. No, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Tough, 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 tough mindedness. Tough mindedness. I remember growing up in Philly and <clears throat> I was always enamored about people who were tough. They didn't fear anybody or anything. And I, I used to measure that toughness against what I was carrying around. It didn't, didn't pan out. But there were people that came in our pathways that just were tough. I'm, I'm not necessarily dealing with fighting and gangs, but just tough-minded, determined people. People that can take a licking and just keep on ticking. No stopping them. Just, I don't care what comes into their lives. They imagine, they, they, they manage, listen, they manage to matriculate and move through and keep it going. That's just tough-minded people. Mental toughness is a product of an inner persistence operating in spite of one's pain. There is a continuation of conflict and negative circumstances which cannot hinder one's confidence. Irregardless of history or hurts, some people are able to face and finish with favorable results because they are driven by an internal dedication to be delivered. <clears throat> and, I, and I've heard people in church say, I'm going to make it. I don't care what comes up. Amen. By the grace of God, we're going to make it. Oh, you hit an old folk. I just believe God. Can I get a witness? 
And, 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 and sometimes God, God allows circumstances to crash on us. He allows troubles to emerge on us to increase our faith. And, 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 and it's interesting, even an ant can carry over three times its weight because that ant, listen, was uniquely created by God where his, listen, his cause is greater than his conflict. There, there is a predetermination, if you will, to uh, not be a mental midget, but to, amen, to make it at all costs. And um, people of purpose are powerful people. If, if, if you ever want to look at a powerful individual, check out people who are of purpose. And their purpose, their purposes are in the right place. They, they, they are powerful people because they become tough-minded, amen, and tolerant to trouble and pain. And, and this matter of tough-mindedness is really throughout all the Bible. In, in the Old Testament, God um, tells Joshua, when Joshua, Moses died, he tells Joshua, all right, you got to be a man now. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to, amen, you got to believe God. And, and you got to behave as such. You, you've got to gird up your loins. God told Job, okay, Job, uh, I know you've been hurt. I know you've been crushed. But now answer some questions. And, and Job, Job, Job was made, listen, Job was made to see himself from God's perspective. And when Job finished seeing himself, he said, woe is me. I'm unclean. My lips are unclean. I dwell among an unclean people. And then Job went on to say, you know what? Up to this point, I had heard about him with the hearing of my ears. But now, turn in there and say, but now. But now, my mine eyes have seen him. When you walked through trouble, when you walked through trials, when you walked through fire and come out, you have seen the Lord. Can I get a witness? Here, here in 2 Timothy, we won't belabor the point, but here in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is writing to young Timothy, and he's using this thematic thrust, amen, of, listen, a faithfulness in the face of hardships. Now, it's easy to be faithful when nothing's hitting you. Do I have a witness, preachers? When, when nothing's going wrong, when everything's going right, when everything is smooth, when everybody's happy, it's not hard to be faithful. But faithfulness, amen, at its apex is when all hell is breaking out. Is, is, is when your prayers have not been answered, your emotions have been damaged, your, your mental facilities are perplexed. Can I get a witness? And you just take a stand that I don't care. Heaven or hell can come and go, but I'm going to stand still. And, 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 and it reminds me of the psalmist, the psalmist, the psalmist, uh, who in, in Psalm 46 used a cataclysmic situation. He said, though the earth be removed. In other words, if God could reverse creation because land came from water, if, if, if creation reversed itself and the land went back into the water, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be cast back into the midst of the sea, though the water begins to roar, he says, I'm coming away with something positive. There is a stream that shall make glad the city of God. 
Can, can I get a witness? And, 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 and I don't have time to, uh, to deal with Psalm 46, but the picture of Psalm 46 is that we are in, listen, this enclosed castle, and the enemies are on the outside. Do I have a witness? And the enemies are saying, instead of us knocking down the walls, going in and get them, let's just wait them out. Because they're going to run out of water. They're going to run out of food. They're going to open these gates, and we're going to go in and kill all of them. Isn't that right? So the enemy's waiting outside, and the psalmist said, listen, there is a stream underground. There was a flowing stream that kept them from getting thirsty. Can, and that stream is Jesus. When all hell is breaking out in your life, there's an invisible underground sustenance that God brings into your life. So the enemy was getting confused saying they should have ran out of food by now. They should have ran out of water by now. They should have ran out of strength by now. And Satan is looking at you saying by this time they should have cursed God to his face. They should have gave up. They should have left the marriage. They should have walked out of the ministry. They should have lost their mind. But God reserves the right. I'm preaching already to let a stream flow that nobody else can see. He can prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Can I get a witness? My cup of joy runs over. So what is the reason for all that? Well, the psalmist comes to a point where he says, be still and know that I'm God. I'm able to bring stuff nobody else can see. I'm able to, uh, amen, hold you up with power that nobody else knows about. I, I dare you to trust him. I dare you to lift up Jesus. I dare you to hold on to him. I dare you to confide in him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Lord, have mercy. This elaborate hardship, this faithfulness in the faith of hardship, this call to courage, this challenge to endurance is what Paul is writing Timothy about. Young Timothy, and this is Paul's valedictorian speech because Paul is about to lose his life. Second Timothy is the last book of Paul. It's, this is it. They're going to cut his head off. Nero, that sick Roman, is going to cut his head off. And, 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 and Paul understands his departure is at hand. Uh, do I have a witness? And, 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 and he wants to encourage young Timothy, who's the young pastor of the church at Ephesus, Acts 20. And Ephesus had some hardcore officers and people. And Timothy had three fundamental problems, like us, his fear, his flesh, and his faith. And I can tell you right now, if you just look at the contents of these particular things, you'll realize that if Satan don't get you through your fears, that's a proposal of trouble coming, amen, or through your flesh, that's a pollution of things already here, uh, amen, don't get quiet now, or through your lack of faith, can I get a witness? That's a lack of confidence in your Christ. Satan understands the devastation of the believer when these three things are out of order. But before we look at the conflict and the commitment, 
before we look at the strength and the struggle, the entanglements and the encouragement. There is a scripture in Jeremiah 12, 5, do not turn, one of my favorites, and it says, if you have run with footmen and they have tired you out, what in the world are you going to do against horses? Now, can I stop Paul's in part? Sometimes God is saying, the strength you have this morning is not enough to take you where I want you to go. Can I get a witness? And if you're struggling with elementary demons, if you're struggling with kindergarten demons, I I'm preaching up in this place, what in the world are you going to do when the principalities come along? Can I get a witness? And, 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 and if in the land, Lord have mercy, if in the land of peace where you have trusted, they have wearied you, what are you going to do when the Jordan River swells up? Paul, 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 Paul is dealing with this matter of Timothy's weaknesses. Timothy was a great young man, but Timothy suffered from fear. So Paul had to tell Timothy, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a disciplined mind. How many of y'all struggle with fear? Fears, fears. Come on, raise your hand. This is therapeutic. We're trying to get you healed this morning. We got fears. And many times our fears are false evidence appearing real. They're not real. It's your fears. Fear of rejection, fear of failure. Amen. Uh, Timothy had a lot of fears. Timothy also had flesh problems. Flee fornication. Get out of Dodge, boy, because, you know, you are vulnerable to this flesh nature. Can I get a witness? Aren't we vulnerable to this flesh nature? Yeah, I want to ask you to raise your hand, but I, all y'all ought to raise it. But can I get a, aren't we vulnerable to this flesh nature? Yeah, well, don't get new up in here. I'm back. And I know what the Bible says. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Paul said in Romans 7, after being saved 20 years, with my mind I served the law of God, but in my flesh the law of sin, a wretched man that I am. And he uses the word I 25 times to denote as long as I keep looking to I, I'm in trouble. As long as I, yeah, and what letter is in the word sin? I. You can't sin without I. You can't be self-centered without I. I'm preaching up in this place now. Can I get a witness? So, so we got some flesh issues. And then we got faith issues. We can't believe God for what God wants us to believe. So Timothy had these three major issues, and Paul uses three metaphors, I love this, to counter what Timothy lacked. God does not call perfect people. God calls imperfect people. God uses sinners. God knows all about your stuff. I'm preaching up in it. God don't need no email. God, God doesn't need no text message. He don't need no Twitter account. He already knows what's on the inside. Say amen. 
He knows my uprisings. He knows my down sittings. Uh, one, Psalm 139. He, isn't, isn't that right? Isn't that, isn't, isn't that right? All right. Hey, turn around. Brother's going to sleep. Sorry. See, when they sit there, they say, Amen. 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 If you're going to go to sleep, don't sit up front. You, you can't have it both ways. Sit behind the wall. Sit, sit back there at the wall. And then you, oh, oh, oh. In the name of Jesus. We, we good. Praise the Lord. I'll go to bed at night. Now listen. He gives three metaphors in this chapter. And let me, let me stop. stop. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me stop pausing part. I have problems with fears. I have problems with my flesh. And I have problems with my faith. I struggle in all three areas. I'm never getting A plus in all three of them. Do I have a witness? Y'all can't even say amen. I'm going to talk about you now. Praise the Lord. Uh, I have a defective report card. Can I get a witness? Uh, I got to go to summer school. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I, got, I got extracurricular got credits I got to take. And, 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 and see, listen, the same that loveth much, the same God can use much. God wants people who understand that they are, listen, they are personally incapable, they are personally, amen, messed up, but with him, we can do all things. I, I wish I had a witness. You, you can't say, well, I'm going to wait till I get. No, it, it ain't going to ever happen. Amen. The fact of the matter is, as you are going, as you are believing, as you are, yeah, trusting, God strengthens us. Now, now check out, check out, check out Paul's. Chapter 2, verse 1, thou therefore, and the therefore goes back to a call to courage, 8 to 12, a call to faithfulness, 13, 18. He says, thou therefore, my son, technon is the Greek word, it's a term of endearment, my spiritual son in the faith, be strong. That means be empowered by Jesus. When he says be strong in the grace, he's talking about be empowered. Too many Christians think it's their power. Too many Christians think it's their ability. No, it's God's power. We are kept, Peter said, by the what? By the power of God. Whatever pastor's not doing is not because of him. It's because of Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. That, that, that be, be, be empowered in the grace that is in, in Christ Jesus. And look what he said in verse 2. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses commit the same to faithful what? Men who shall be able to teach others. So, so God, God, God is saying, you know, I, I was telling the leaders weeks ago, we're not a club, we're calling. We're calling. It's not a club. And, and the word calling denotes that there's going to be conflict. We're called into a conflict by God. Mm. So here's what Paul does. Paul 
in trying to encourage young Timothy, uses these three metaphors. I love it. Look at verse 3. Thou therefore, therefore, is going back to everything we've discussed, endure, endurance, hardness. Now, now, now let's stop, pause, and park, because he talks about a good soldier. I remember uh, 1968, I was at 401 North Broad. I swore in Vietnam was hottest in 68. 68. And when I swore in, my mother and father was standing out there in the audience. When I swore in, the sergeant came and said, okay, you are now government property. GI, government issue. You no longer own yourself. Your life belongs to us. Uncle Sam. Do I have a witness? Yeah. And then when you got in basic training, they said, uh, your soul belongs to the Lord, but that other piece belongs to us. <laughs> why? Why? Because a good soldier has a single mind. The single mind, single mind, single mind. I'm not all over the place. I'm not all over the place. I have a single concentration. Lord, have mercy. And, 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 and look what he says. He says, endure hardness as a good soldier. Three words come out of this word hardness. Endure affliction, endure hard times, endure suffering. That's what makes you a good soldier. You know what happens to soldiers when they lose their, their mental edge? It's called battle fatigue. I've watched enough war pictures to know that you can be out there with a rifle, with a backpack, but your mind is gone. You don't care if you die or live. You've lost your edge. We can't lose our edge. I don't care how much suffering or, or hardship are coming into our lives, we can never lose our edge because Jesus Christ keeps on supplying what we need on the spot. There is no circumstance where you and I bow to. There's no circumstance where we go under. There's no, we don't lose it in Christ. Can I get a witness? Weeping only indoors for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Do I have a witness? And, 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 so, and so Paul, Paul, Paul said, endure hardness, suffering, hardship, affliction, as a good soldier. Not a good soldier of the United States. Not a good soldier of Russia. Good soldier of Jesus Christ. It's a military metaphor. It's interesting that Paul goes on to say in other places to Timothy, he reminds him that the war we're involved in, we are involved in war. That's why I get so upset on TV when these preachers and bishops and evangelists make the saved life sound like something splendors. Yeah. We're at war. And we're not fighting against flesh and blood. The battle is not visible, it's invisible. Do I have a witness? We're not, we're not, we're not fighting humans, we're fighting demonic forces that are hidden. We're not fighting the earthly, we're fighting the emotional, we're, 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 we're not experiencing just infliction, we're experiencing an influence. Satan is working overtime to influence your thinking. 
Why are you still in this marriage? You ain't happy. Yeah, don't get quiet now. Why, 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 why? Satan's job is to accuse God. Satan's job is to make God's word sound false. Satan's job is to frustrate you with a cultural undertaking of a, of a fictitious happiness. You turn the television on and you got people slithering over each other and, and all the hot, erotic, loving and all that. The folk going to hell. You got to put a spin on this stuff. Your TV doesn't say something different than my TV says. I can't turn the channel and see people breathing hard, ah, ah, and they with somebody else, husband and wife, and then, then the caption comes over your TV, oh, they're going to heaven. Or people grasping different persuasions of sexuality and, 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 and the culture, don't get quiet, and the culture doesn't want to give you the wrong spin. The, the culture don't want to give you the real spin of truth. It, want, it, it wants you to think you can do whatever you want to do. It's your life. You can do it when you want to do it, how you want to do it. Amen. And nothing is going to be uh, done about it. Uh, child of God, wake up! We're fighting demonic angels, pressures, pleasures. Can I get a witness? And in Ephesians 6, when Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. And we, we get caught up in all these pieces of equipment of the Roman soldier. All you got to do is put on Christ. He protects your mind. Put on the helmet. He protects your heart. Put on the breastplate. He protects your feet. Amen. Where you're gone, put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Protect your loins with truth. And then God is bold enough to give you this biblios, which is a sword. Can I get a witness? And when you and 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 the sword denotes you got to do some fighting in this life. But he gives he gives you a shield. And the shield is the enemy's coming at you, so you might as well go after the enemy. The enemy's shooting fiery darts at you, and you gotta, your faith is your shield. You gotta hold up that shield when the enemy's coming in. You can't sit there and let the enemy shoot darts into you, shoot arrows into you, amen, shoot philosophies into you, shoot intellectualisms into you, and you not hit them back. When you block one thing off, you gotta pull out that sword. You got to know that sword. You got to know that sword. And that sword is the word of God. Satan, you a liar. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my victory. The Lord is. What are some of the things that are characteristic of soldiers? My God. And I know, I was in there seven years, I understand this thing. I got down to basic training and I went on a buddy plan with this other partner of mine from South Philly. And we in the barracks, this is basic training, and the, the T.I. is talking to us. And he said, you better be quiet, da-da-da-da. So we back there laughing. I'm 17 years old. I don't, I don't know nothing. Really. And the T.I. said, you, come here. I had to get up in front of all the the whole barracks. He said, where you from? 
I said, Philly. He said, no, no, it's sir, Philly, sir. And when I said Philly, he said, oh, we got a tough guy in here. And he, 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 he was hard on me. He was hard on me. And, and, and the whole thing is that what he was doing was trying to turn me into a soldier. One who could follow rules. One who could follow discipline. One who could follow orders and direction. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so one of the characteristics of a soldier is they'll tell you, suck it up, soldier. That, that, that phrase, suck it up, means nobody wants to hear you cry. Come on now, suck it up, suck it up, suck it up. Don't be a victim, be a victor. Turn a lemon into lemonade. Make something of it. Can I get a witness? Uh, don't sit here and cry because out there on the battlefield, you cannot start crying. Suck it up. Sometime in your spiritual life, you got to suck it up. If the children are wayward, if the marriage is not going right, if the money is funny, if the health is not right, you sometimes everybody in church don't want to hear you every Sunday. I, I, I don't mind one or two Sundays, but not every Sunday. Every Sunday, because here's what will happen. If you start complaining every Sunday, somebody, oh, here he go, I ain't going to. They just go the other way. They don't want to hear you every Sunday because we got our own stuff. I got my own stuff. I don't mind hearing your stuff, but not every Sunday. The pastor, you know what's going on? I don't want to know. <laughs> oh. Be a man. Grow up. Bear your pain. Be a soldier. There's conflict in being a soldier. You're, you're not, you're not going to have comfort all the time. And, 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 and I'm going to deal with this culture, and I'm, I'm not attacking millennials, but I'm going to deal with this culture because this culture is minus the confidence and the absolutes that many of us grew up with. Yeah. People today, they get married, young people, not all of them. I don't want to generalize. If it works fine, if it doesn't, I'm out. I've had countless people come to my study. Pastor, we want to get married, but I want to change my vows. To what? <laughs> if your vows don't match the Bible, you ain't getting married up in here. In sickness and in health. When I got sick and had to go in the hospital, I wasn't looking for my kids. Look for Sister Gordon. This is a vow. Where's, where, where's the one that took the vow? <laughs> she, she ought to be in the waiting room. Are y'all helping me out here? This thing is tight now. For better or for what? For worse. See, if everything becomes conditional, we got problems. Are y'all getting this? Mm, the richness or poor, don't, don't worry about that one. Till death do us part. Hmm. Interesting. Well, the marriage died when she lied to me. Well, you know, I just, we just, I was given a position on abandonment, uh, Dan. 
that 1 Corinthians 7 talks about if a mate just leaves, you don't know where they are, they've been gone one, two, three years, that's abandonment, that you have a biblical right to dissolve the marriage and divorce and move on. And right after I taught the concept, I started getting all these calls. <laughs> and here's what one lady said. Well, he didn't come home last night. <laughs> I said, what kind of mess is this? <laughs> no more. That's it. No more. <laughs> Listen, he's that long. That's not abandonment. That's abandoning you for a night. <laughs> and, and, and so, listen, listen to this. He talks about this metaphor of the soldier, and the opposite of a good soldier is the civilian life. Yeah. Amen. Now, so civilian life is implied here in verse 4. No man that wore entangled himself with the affairs of this life. The affairs of this life is the civilian life that he may please him that have chosen to be a soldier. In the civilian life, I can come and go as I please. In the civilian life, I can do what I want to do. I can't do that in the soldier life. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? I got to wear a uniform. Isn't that right? I got to follow orders. I got to follow my commander. Come on now. Can I get away? I can't go home when I want to. I got to take leave or I'm AWOL. I'm preaching up in this place. Too many people in the army of the Lord really want to be a civilian. You want to come and go as you please, do as you please, sin as you please, think as you please, speak as you please, and, and, and then you want to call yourself a saint of God. Oh, I'm going to tell it. I'm rested. I'm refocused, and by a miracle of God, my basketball team won last night. How did I put that in there? Look at this. A soldier is dedicated, a soldier is diligent, a soldier is decisive, a soldier is determined, and a soldier is driven. Life is not going to be a bed of roses. Why don't we be honest with people? Baby, I'm so happy you're getting married, but understand this. Marriages work. There's going to be some uptime and downtime. Come on now. Why, why are we afraid to tell people the whole story? Can I get a witness? You're going to have to eat some crow, baby. Uh-huh. You can't run back to your mother and father. You got to stay in there with that man or that woman you married. Do I have a win? You got to work it out. This thing is tight. Listen. The metaphor, the charge of a good soldier mm. a lot of my drive and determination and decisiveness comes from the training that I had 
I got blinders on my eyes. I cannot and will not be held hostage by what people think. I got to look at the product and my purpose and my power base. Can I get a witness? To make, I'm not a politician. I'm not going to sit here and just say what you want to hear. Here's how I manage. Here's where I'm going. Here's my accountability. Here's what we're putting together. So that's leadership. And when you agree with everything a leader has to say, something is wrong. It's okay. Good soldier. Good soldier of Jesus Christ. Good soldier, good soldier, good soldier, good soldier of Jesus Christ. Second, look at the second metaphor in verse 5. And if a man also strive, the word strive is aletheo, where we get our word athletes. He's talking about all, af, af, listen, all athletics and the word strive for masteries, yet he's not crowned except he strive lawfully. The word lawfully is nominous in the Greek, which means you got to play by the rules. Stay within the boundaries. People, well, you know, I've been serving for 40 years. Well, yeah, but you're defiant. You're outside the rules. You come and go as you please. Do what you want to do. It's harder to participate inside the rules. Are y'all getting this? When I belonged to 19th Street, Pastor Walker had a rule. I was a minister. I had a rule. At 10.30, service started at 11 o'clock. At 10.30, every leader, every choir member, every usher was in this big room in a circle in prayer. Now listen to this. If you miss that circle prayer, I don't care if you was Aretha Franklin. You didn't sing, Doc. I'm dead serious. If you was a minister, you ain't go up in that pulpit. If you was a deacon, you weren't in place. They didn't play that. That was his rule. And, and I used to sit there breaking my neck to get to church by 1030 to get in that circle to pray. Interesting. You say, you say well, where is that in the Bible? Well, you know, it's not in the Bible, but it was the pastor's desire that going into worship, everybody had had prayer together and not just fly out of their car, off the streets, into service. Are y'all getting this? You got, you got to keep the rules. When I was in the military, the 17 years I worked in the federal government, I had to keep the rules. We got to learn whatever job you're on, you got to keep the rules. The boundaries. Why is this important? Look, the word striving means you got to agonize through the rules. Ah, you're going to fight. There's going to be quarrel. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be struggle towards you, against you. And, 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 and I choose athletically to look at the runner, because he's talking about all athletes, he, but, but the, you had the fighter, you had the, we're, we're fighting not against flesh and blood, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, amen. Uh, but I choose the athlete of running, and, 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 and Paul says in, in, I believe, Hebrews 12, uh, that we ought, to, we ought to run lawfully. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
It's a marathon. When you're running a marathon, you don't run it the same as you run a sprint. I ran a 100-yard dash in, now eat your hearts out, the pen relays. Don't, no, don't get jealous. Just say, praise the Lord. I was in the pen relays. Thank you, sir. And they called me Flash Gordon. Just, just, thought I, just thought I'd tell you the truth. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Learn to bless when you can bless and play baseball, play, play, play football. It's, just, it's cool. But I can fly, Doc. In fact, everybody in South Florida can fly. Half of them was running from the police, but I could fly. Don't you drop that wine bottle if you run down the street. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I remember that race vividly. I remember the relay race vividly. Relay vividly. Yeah. The guy handing the baton off to me dropped it. I stooped down and picked it up. And I smoked them. Are they leaving on my story? So anyway, this, <laughs> might as well embellish this. Nineteen seventy one, I'm in Italy. I go down to Naples, Army, Marines, Air Force and Navy. You got millions of troops in Naples. Now listen, I'm I'm like nineteen years old overseas, got a can of beer in my hand, walk on the football field. And the coach said, what are you doing here? I said, I want to join the team. He looked at me and said, you out of your mind. I said, give me your fastest guy here. I raced this boy from Richmond, Virginia called New, his name was Newbie. I remember this. I gave my boy my can of beer and we ran a hundred yards. I was in shoes, not sneakers. And Newbie was the fastest guy on the team and we were neck and neck and I beat him. With, with a can of beer. Say amen. Say amen, nigga. Say amen, nigga. <laughs> don't, don't get jealous. Just say, look. Just say, Pastor had a lot of experiences. Some in my sleep and some, some while I was awake. Had a 30 and a half waist. Built. Could do it all, Doc. However, Let's get back to the story, please. The marathon is a 26-mile race. You, you got to lay aside every weight. And the one sin that will beset you, and that's the sin of doubt, 
One sin and the sin in the article, the sin that will beset you. You got to run believing God. You got to run believing that God's got your back, your front, your side, that God's going to bring you in on the winning lane. You got to run. You got to run. You got to run. You got to run. You, you, you enter this race by your calling. You are encouraged in this race by a cloud. You are, amen, encumbered in this race by conflict. You are encouraged in this race by your confidence. And you are enabled in this race as you concentrate on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You got to strive this thing. You got to suck it up. You got to you got to be amen uh, a good athlete. You got to look unto Jesus the author the finisher. You got to run against the wind. You got to run against your wounds. You got to run against the de the wiles of the devil. You feel like giving up? Tie not and hang on again. It's too soon to give up. You don't throw the towel in this race. You don't throw the towel in this fight because God has done something inside the believer that every time we get knocked down, and I've been knocked down, every time we get knocked down, and we, and, and, and look, look, and the ref is counting one and two and three, and it looks like we can't get up, but for some reason, the minute the count hits nine, I get some strength from somewhere. The minute the count hits nine, I'm able to get back up full of faith. The minute the count gets nine, I can run on a little while longer because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Somebody said he's able. Isn't he able? And it's not all the devil. Sometimes it's my own wounds. It's my own weariness. It's my own weights. It's the wiles of the devil. But God is able. He's able. He's able. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me strength in the midst of my struggles. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get a witness for giving me, amen, your power in the midst of my poverty? Thank you, Jesus. When I would do wrong, when he was always with me, thank you, Jesus. When I feel like quitting, throwing a towel in, running, amen, and stopping this race, you show up. Thank you. I said, thank you. He may not come when you want him, but oh, he's right on time. He's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. That's why Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. He'll mount them up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. Thank you, Lord. Timothy, you got to endure hardness as a good soldier. Timothy, 
You got to strive for masteries, keeping the rules and the boundaries, and lawfully running. Do I have a witness? But here's the third and final metaphor, verse 6. And he says, the husbandman, that's the farmer, laboreth. Now, now, now the word laboreth there means he labors to the point of exhaustion. You've never seen a lazy farmer. Can I get a witness? A good farmer works. Do I have a witness? I remember in the late 50s, early 60s, we went down to South Carolina to my, my, on my mother's side, all her relatives, and they had cows and pigs and chickens and roosters and they had everything. We got down there on this big farm. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, I started hearing people getting up. We laying in bed. They had gone out there and slapped the hogs. They had gone out there and did something to the cattle, did something to the chickens. And, and then they said, his breakfast is ready. I'm looking for cornflakes. And them folk had grits and rice and pork chops and uh, uh, cracker bread and cornbread and uh, gravy. And uh, do I have a witness? And we sat there at breakfast and ate all this food and I couldn't move. And right after breakfast, they went right back out in the field. Can I get a, to do what? To work! So I told my uncle, I said, one day I want to farm. He said, no, you don't. This is work. Can I get a witness? And spiritually, if you're going to be a good farmer, if you're going to sow seed, you got to work. You got to work on your marriage, work on your family, work on your children, work, come on now, work on your mind, work on your heart, work on your will. You got to work. Work while it is day. For nighttime is coming when no man can work. And you're working, you're planting seeds. Let me, let me say something about planting seeds. We, we're very close. What you planted 10 years ago may not germinate until five more years from now. No farmer plants and the same day pulls up from what he planted. You planted things in your children's life. You planted things in your marriage. You planted, and, and, and sometimes you just got to hold on and hold out. Can I get a witness? There's, there's a working. Then there's a weeding. That means pulling up. Amen. Then there's a watering, providing. Remember old sister White. I came here in 1987. I, I ain't never seen grass and dirt. I, I grew up in South Philly with tar and pavement. So I said, well, let me, uh, let me plant some tomatoes and some corn. And so I went out and bought the seed and I dug up and put the seed in, covered them up, watered. She said, baby, that ain't gonna grow. I said, why not? She said, you gotta weed this stuff. You, daily, you gotta weed it. I said, well, I'm going to shop right. Ain't fun with this stuff. It's too much work. Now, 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 we're laughing, but haven't we quietly in our hearts said this marriage is too much work? Haven't we quietly said, yeah, uh-huh, the saved life is too much work? Yes, 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 we have. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Too much work. 
work, weed, water, and then wait. And then watch. Everything planted has its season to come up. Everything planted will grow, amen, in its own time. Everything planted needs watering to grow. I'm talking about the water of the word. Everything planted needs to be watched. Everything planted needs a waiting period. Do I, do I have a witness? And if you're going to be a husbandman, a good farmer, a good farmer, you got to work, you got to water, you got to weed, you got to wait, you got to watch that crop. Do I have a witness? And by the way, the law of the harvest is whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Do I have a witness? Don't get quiet up in here now, child of God. But when you look at this, if I look in at my poverty, I'm in trouble because I'm all messed up. If I look out from my pain to promote myself, I'm in trouble because my eyes is on the wrong thing. But if I look up to Jesus, he's my power base. Can I get a witness? Paul says, be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can't be mental midgets. We got to have a toughness in our mindset. Can I get a witness? What is that toughness? Well, you might have to go from steak to bologna sandwiches. Can I get a witness? Well, you, you may have to, uh -huh, every now and then you may have to, yeah, do with something that you don't want to do with. Can I get a witness in order to get to where you're trying to go? Can I get a witness? Uh, you got to have the toughness of a mindset. You got to say, uh, come heaven or hell, come high water or not, I'm going to make it by the grace of God. Jesus started this thing and Jesus is going to finish this thing and I'm not going to fold. I'm not going to fold up. I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor. For the battle has already been fought and the victory has already been won. Uh, can I get a witness? My confidence is in him. Can I get a witness? And he's able. And he able. He's able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. He's able. He's able. Tough-mindedness. Tough-mindedness. Turn your neighbor to neighbor. Regardless of the interference, I'm going to make it. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Trust and never doubt. And he will surely bring you out. Can I get a witness? In the Lord God. In the Lord God. In the Lord God. Stand on your feet. Good soldier. Good athlete. Good farmer. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you need to be saved, don't walk out here unsafe. Jesus loves you. It's as simple as ABC. Admit, believe, and confess. Jesus is the son of the living God who died for your sins, was buried, rose again with all power in your hand. If you ask him to come to your life, he'll save you. If you want to be saved, raise your hand. Is there one? Just raise your hand. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. 
or perhaps you are saved looking for a church home, raise your hand. We'd love to have you. I see your hand. Come on up. Come on up, brother. Look at Jesus. Praise God. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Y'all got bouncing y'all step. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Is there another? Is there another? Listen what the psalmist said. I would have fainted unless I believe the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And again, I say, wait. Let's look to the Lord. I'm going to ask, after I pray, you can go to the ministers. Our Father and our God, in this time of turmoil, crisis, in this time of confusion, give us a tough-mindedness to be still and to know your God. Give us equipment that when the enemy brings his evil wiles, we can just be still with peace and power. Make us tough-minded in these last days that we don't swerve to the left or to the right, but we be still and know that Jesus is the Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Enjoy your holiday. Amen. Be careful. We'll see you Wednesday. God bless you. Church, say amen. Say amen. Sing us up, bro. Love you, Love you boy. Love you, man. Oh, man. You know that. Oh, really? It's a battle. Oh, it's a battle. It's a battle. It's a battle.